Welcome to our Hakel podcast, episode 10, labeled Classic Take. We will take a classic topic of Mashiach and delve into it a little bit deeper and get more familiar with what it's all about. Today we will discuss the question if the wolf will really dwell together with the lamb. One of the famous verses in Shayo Perikid Aleph, which speak about the coming of Mashiach, a verse which is very well known is that the Gorza Avim Kevas, how wolf will live together with the lamb, will dwell peacefully with the lamb. Pasa goes on to continue, other wild animals, a leopard will lie with a kid goat, and a cow will graze together with a beer, and the lion will eat straw like a cattle, a child will play with a snake, and the Pasuk goes on to say, They won't harm each other or destroy on my entire, entire mountain. Because the world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem as waters cover the sea. So, the um, this verse is a very famous verse that's often used and quoted in the context of the Messianic coming of Mashiach and the Messianic era in general. There's a lot of insight that we could gain from this verse, not just in the context of what the verse is directly talking about, but because this verse has been a subject of great discussion by various great Torah luminaries throughout the, sage, throughout the ages, and the different interpretations that they have offered for this verse and the different, way how they, different ways how they viewed this whole sequence of verses gives us a very deep insight into the different approaches that we find regarding the coming of Mashiach. So, let's start with the Rambam. The Rambam discusses these verses in two places, primarily two places, one in uh, Hilchas Mulachim, and one in Nizigeres Tchias HaMesim. In Hilchas Mulachim to the Rambam at the end, the last chapter of his book, where he discusses the era of Mashiach, the Rambam says that a person should not entertain the thought the feeling that when Mashiach will come, there will be a change of nature, anything of the natural order will be nullified, there will be, introdu- will be introduction of a new phenomena within the world. Rather, the world will continue running on its natural course. And he says, what about this verse that it says, Vigar Zevim Kevis, the wolf will live with the lamb? So he says, Moshul Vachida, it is a parable it is a riddle, it's referring to, should the verse should be understood allegorically. The nations of the world are compared to wild animals, to predators, as he brings different verses, which use different examples, use different terminologies, different names of various predators, various animals, as a reference to the nations of the world, which were devouring the Jewish people. When Mashiach will come, the sheep, which is a reference to the Jewish people, will dwell securely with all the nations of the world. They won't bother the Jewish people. They will live peacefully together. And uh, that's how the Rambam explains this verse, and he uses this verse really as a illustration of many other verses that seem to be talking about a change of nature when Mashiach will come that they are really to be understood allegorically, metaphorically, they shouldn't be taken literally, they should be understood within the context of a 
take take the meaning out of the simple words. What is the trying to explain how to be a great era of peace? And the exact terms that are used are just allegorically. They're mishalom. They refer to the nations, so on and so forth. It's different people that will live in peace. The Rambam and the Zigaris Tchias Amesim. He wrote a whole letter labeled titled Zigaris Tchias Amesim. And one of the things he discusses in his letter is this statement that he made in Hilchas Mulachim that this verse shouldn't be taken literally. And he explains that the reason why he says this is because he says it's not as if he had uh, some prophetic, some vision, some prophecy that told him that this is the meaning of the verse. But then he's not saying that definitely this is the only way to understand the verse. Ramam explains that he, in general, doesn't like to run and right away, whenever there's a verse that could be interpreted as some type of supernatural change of nature, to interpret it that way. Ramam says he always tries to, you know, connect the Torah and not to understand it as everything is just miracles and supernatural phenomena, but that the Torah is explaining something which could be understood, which makes sense. And therefore, the Rambam says, we know that the prophets very often use the terminology, the words that they use are often understood, are often very clearly, it's clear that they should be understood allegorically, metaphorically, as the Rambam explained in his Meir Nebuchim, other places. So the Rambam says, therefore, it's, you know, the proper way of understanding these verses, why should you right away run and interpret them as a supernatural occurrence when you could explain them as something, you know, in a very understandable, relatable way that there will be great peace in the world. Why, 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 in other words, instead of explaining, instead of viewing everything as something which cannot be understood in a rational, natural, relatable way, and just turn everything into a miracle, if there's a way of understanding it in a natural, relatable way, that should be our primary way of understanding it. And then the Rambam goes on and he says there's other ways of looking at the verse, there's other interpretations, and so on and so forth. And he, the, the gist of what he's saying is that he's not negating that we can't learn the verse otherwise, but why run to say if it's a miracle if you could say that it is a natural occurrence? If I would, I can't say the Rambam exactly uses the following words, but if I could put it more simply, what the Rambam is trying to say is that if we want, the verse is obviously coming to explain what will happen when Mashiach will come, trying to give us a feel what the days of Mashiach will be all about. And if I tell you that the wild animals will live at peace with the animals that they devour today, that's wonderful news, but does that, does that mean anything to you? It's just you view it as a miracle. Oh, wow, there'll be something supernatural taking place. It doesn't give you a understanding of what type of error it is. However, when I say that all people, even people that are at our throats today, when Mashiach will come, they'll live at peace with us, they'll honor us, they will treat us at least as equals, if not more than that, then this is something that we could relate to. This is something which gives us a understanding that what this error is all about. It's an error of such great peace that even the person that today he's my biggest enemy tomorrow will be my greatest friend. So when we talk about that, and that has a lot of meaning to us. This is something which makes us look forward to that era. The fact that the wild animals will live at peace with the animals on which they prey today, so while it's beautiful and wonderful, it doesn't really make much of a difference to many of us which are not living amongst the animals, and it doesn't, it doesn't give us a feeling what the redemption means to us. 
So the Rambam is saying, try to understand the verses in a way that's relatable to us, and in a way that gives us a, a feel and understanding of what the redemption is all about. That, that's just basically Pshat in the Rambam. Now, while the Rambam understood this verse allegorically, the David, the foremost, um, I can't say the word commentator, he's not a commentary on the Rambam, but the one that usually questions the Rambam, so he disagrees with the Rambam. He brings a verse from the Torah, Vishpati Chayram. In order, so the verse itself says, "When the Jewish people keep the Torah mitzvahs, wild animals won't bother them." And there's a whole discussion which I don't want to get into right now, regarding different opinions that I've the Rambam, the different sources, and how they view the different sources. But I want to discuss more. You know, if you want to dig a little deeper, but Pnimi Sinyanim get a little bit of a deeper. Um, understanding of the differences of approach between them without getting into the exact nitty-gritty, the different sources that there are in Torah and how to understand different sources. So let's understand, there's two very basic approaches here to understand the difference between the Rambam's approach and the difference between the Ravid's approach. And the Ravid's approach is not a, he's, he's not a lonely uh, sage which had that. This is the approach that's adopted by Kabbalistic sources as well uh, these verses should be understood in a very literal way. So let's understand, there's a very fundamental point that we could understand from, from understanding the, there's a very fundamental point we could gain from understanding the deeper inner works of what's going on here between the Rambam and the Raifid. What the Rambam is saying seems to be a very, you know, rational point, a very, you know, he's providing us a lot of food for thought, explaining to us how, he views the Psukim and helping us understand that how he views the days of Mashiach. The Ravid, on the other hand, and the Sifrei Kabbalah, they understand the, the verse very literally. The Ramban, Nachmanides, and others, they understand these verses quite literally. The Mashiach will come to be a change in nature. What is, what is the difference between them? The point over here is like this. The Rambam, one of the fundamental differences between them is the Rambam's approach is that the ultimate goal, according to the Rambam, was not so much that the physical nature of the world should change, because according to him, the ultimate goal is a man to reach his perfection, and he believes that the ultimate perfection of man is really achieved, not in this world. The ultimate perfection of man, in other words, the ultimate goal of a person coming down to this world is that through learning Torah and doing mitzvahs and connecting and gaining an awareness of Hashem in this world, when the soul leaves the body, he will gain an, a, a much greater awareness of Hashem in the afterlife, what's called paradise, afterlife, Ganeiden, Olam Haba in the terms of the Rambam, the world to come, the spiritual world of souls. So the Rambam's philosophy over here in Hilchas Molochem is very much connected with his philosophy in general about what's the purpose of man and when does he reach his ultimate achievement. And Rambam holds that the ultimate achievement of man cannot be achieved while the soul is in a body. As good as the body is, as pure as the body is, it's a body. And therefore, Rambam holds that the ultimate achievement of the soul is when the soul leaves the body and goes to the afterlife, the spiritual world to come, where there, once the soul is in the place where godliness is revealed, it doesn't have the obstacles of a, of, a, of a mortal physical body, that's when it's able to bask in the glory of Hashem, that's when it's really able to cleave and connect to Hashem and enjoy the presence of Hashem. This is a fundamental understanding of the Rambam. And 
it's this point that is very strongly countered by the Mekobolim, by the teachings of Kabbalah and Chassidus. Because the teachings of Kabbalah and Chassidus disagree with this very strongly. They believe that the ultimate fulfillment of man is not that this world, yes, even the Ramam holds, obviously, the purpose of mankind is to live a good life in this world, and a good life meaning a spiritually good life, thereby pay, thereby giving him the ability to experience the true life in the world to come. But nevertheless, this world is not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is not the physicality of this world, according to the Rambam, cannot re- become a true vessel for holiness. It's a tool. It's We have to try to live our life in this physical world to the best as we can. But the ultimate, at the end of the day, physicality in of itself is not as close to Hashem as spirituality. Or to put it very simply, the soul cannot experience its true connection to Hashem through the body, only through the soul, when the soul is free from the body. The Mekubalim, and particularly Chassidus, the teachings of Kabbalah and Chassidus, strongly disagree on this point. They believe that the ultimate intent of creation is that the physical world should change, is that the physical world should become a vessel for godliness. And while Kabbalah speaks more about the physical world mirroring the spiritual world, Hasidus adds a deeper dimension that it's not just that the ultimate goal is that the physical world should become refined and that it should be able to reflect the spiritual, but that the purpose of creation was specifically the physical. The physical is higher than the spiritual. And the ultimate purpose of creation, why the soul came into a body, is because the body contains a certain connection to Hashem, which is even deeper than the soul's connection to Hashem. That connection to Hashem cannot be revealed until the soul works with the body, comes into the body, works with the body, refines the body. When Mashiach will come and the ultimate higher spiritual source of the body will be revealed, the soul, as Chassidus uses the term, the soul will nourish itself from the godliness which is revealed through the body. Although now, obviously, it's the other way around. The soul gets survived, gets vitalized by the soul. Uh, the body gets vitalized by the soul. Mashiach will come, will be a little bit of a change. The soul will get chayis, will get energy through the body. So, therefore, the teachings of Kabbalah, and particularly Chassidus, they viewed the whole purpose of creation, the, the, when do we see that the purpose of creation is complete, is when the, not only man does what he has to do, not only the man reaches his perfection, he's able to serve Hashem, there's peace between human beings. The ultimate purpose of, of creation is that the nature of the physical makeup of the world, the, the, the animals, the, the lower parts of creation, they themselves become a vessel for godliness. And one of the things, for example, we just we high, this difference is highlighted very strongly, is that the Pasuk, as I mentioned before, says, the Pasuk finishes speaking about the animals, it says, that they, know they won't harm each other, holy mountain, because the world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem as waters cover the sea. That verse is actually the verse with which the Ramam finishes his Mishnah Torah, the last verse of his Sefer. But the Rambam says, in his Igeres Ches he says, how could you say, one of the arguments the Rambam makes for, explains for his way of understanding the verses that the verses are not talking about physical animals that will change, that their nature will change. He says, how could you say that the verse is talking about physical animals if the verse continues and says that the whole world 
It says that the world will be filled with the knowledge of Hashem as water covers the sea. He says animals are not able to have knowledge. Animals, you know, are animals. With verses clearly saying that the reason why there won't be any harm or fighting is because there will be the great awareness of Hashem. Animals don't have that awareness, so it must be talking about human beings. That is the argument that Amba makes. The Rebbe explains that even animals do have some sense of awareness, right? Some animals are smarter than others. But ultimately, according to Kabbalah and Chassidus, this is really the point. The knowledge of Hashem will permeate the whole world that even the animals, which in of themselves have a very limited knowledge, they have a very basic knowledge, some basic instinct, but even they will sense the presence of Hashem and they won't harm each other. This is the ultimate achievement. So therefore, the Rambam, he views the days of Mashiach also, in other words, even Chassidus focuses on a lot on Dira Betachtoinim, the Rambam doesn't focus, at least overtly, the Rebbe says that the Rambam inherently also was aware of these concepts, but he didn't feel that the time was ripe for him to openly speak about them. But at least the way the Rambam openly writes and describes his approach to Mashiach, it's not very different than the ultimate approach of Dirib B'tachlinim. Yes, the Rambam also speaks about a world that is filled with the knowledge of Hashem and so on and so forth, but the ultimate expression of Dirib B'tachlinim as Chassidus says, that Hashem wanted to have a dwelling place in the lower realms, meaning that the actual physicality, the inanimate, the, the, the animal kingdom, the, 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 the plant kingdom, the animals, the real physical parts of creation, that they also should become a dwelling place for Hashem, that the Rambam, at least in the, openly, does not discuss. Because the Rambam openly is... is uh, as the Rebbe says, he felt this concept was not yet ripe to be openly discussed, or whatever it is, but what Rambam says at face value is that the ultimate goal is not the takhto in itself, the lowest part of creation. The ultimate goal is that the human beings should be the way they should be. Kabbalah and Chassidus, on the, on the other hand, they see, on the contrary, the whole goal is the physical change, is that godliness changes, godliness permeates, and therefore changes nature. And in essence, it's really not just a change, because in the beginning of the creation of the world also, according to Kabbalah and the animals also were at peace with, with one another. It was only through the sin of the tree of knowledge that nature was changed in the way it was really supposed to be. And the coming of Mashiach, in a certain sense, is just a change to its original nature, which is a whole discussion of itself, but also highlights the point that from the vantage point of Kabbalah and the ultimate goal of the days of Mashiach which is when all evil will be eradicated from the world and the world will become a dwelling place for Hashem, a vessel for godliness, is specifically expressed in the change of physical nature, or at least, like I mentioned before, the physical nature reverting to the way it was before. This also explains, well, this verse, as I mentioned before, regards Zavim Kevis, a wolf will dwell with the lamb, is one verse about the redemption, but it explains many other predictions about the redemption. We know in general the Rambam held that many of the physical predictions that speak about a change of nature should be taken allegorically. And there's many other predictions regarding how big fruit will be, how fast they will grow, uh, and other miraculous phenomena that is discussed. According to the Rambam, these things should not be understood literally, at least, you know, at least that's what the Rambam writes. 
Um, however, the the Kabbalah Chassidus focuses very much on the literal interpretation of these things, and the reason is not because we're just trying to you know run after miracles and uh, you know try to get excited about things that we don't understand, supernatural phenomena, but because a very very important point over here, the perp- the ultimate expression of the revelation of the messianic times is that the physical nature itself becomes a vessel for godliness. And therefore, all these miracles, all these great changes of nature, which represent a perfect world, even from within the f- framework of physical reality, gets changed. I'll just finish off that the Rebbe explained, as it's famously known, that even according to the Rambam, there will come later a second stage of the days of Mashiach, when there will be a change of physical nature. But the Rambam, in his book, did not actually write that. He didn't openly write that, because... That's a level which the Rambam felt he, first of all, it's not relevant to halacha. It's a stage which is a, a further stage of Mashiach, which is beyond the scope of what the Rambam was speaking about. And also the Rambam didn't feel the time was ripe to dwell, to dwell into there. That's as the Rambam in general didn't speak about concepts of Kabbalah in an open manner. But even the Rambam, the Rebbe says, and brings different proofs, held that eventually there will come a time when the nature of the world will change. Hashem should help. We should merit to see the coming of Mashiach speedily in our days. Amen. Plastic Take is produced by Todalt's Podcast Productions, producers of the Daily Boost, the Weekly Fabrengen, Power Fabrengen, and Mashiach Mindset Audio. Available on all podcast platforms.